Last time we were talking about all these unwholesome mental functions, concurrent mental functions, 26 of them. And um, let's backtrack a bit. We said we have unwholesome mental functions of 26, concurrent mental functions. In other words, simultaneously, when your consciousnesses attach to or interact with externalities, ob external objects, um, all these things happen at the same time and you may not realize it. It's very important that you should realize them and know them in detail. 26 of these unho unwholesome mental functions. 26 unwholesome functions is just one part out of the five parts of, of mental functions happen simultaneously when, we, when our mind works. You know what are these? There are 51 concurrent mental functions. When say, for example, when the I see, at the same time, the 51 concurrent mental functions work inside of you. So if you really want to meditate well, you have to know what happened when you're meditating. You have to know how your mind thinks. Well, how come my mind is thinking of the past, the present and the future? How come I get attached to certain things? How come my mind is now not at peace? You've got to understand your own mind in order that you can meditate well. Usually when people meditate, uh, even instructors, they may have overlooked the fact that when you give instructions or when you learn meditation, it's not just how to cross your leg, how to put your hands, where do you, where do you put the thumbs together, and how, do you, how, how about your lip curling and touching the roof of the mouth, and how do you relax yourself, and what kind of mattress you should use, and uh, should we, uh, how do we cross our legs. I mean, those are preliminaries, the basics, that those are the easiest to learn. Um, but people usually tend to just learn that. How do I walk? One foot and then another foot, next, right, left, and how do we breathe? That's easy to understand. The most difficult to understand is how the mind works. It's not just people told you, uh, your instructor or, 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 or experienced meditator or a monk. Uh, it's not just telling you um, one time and you understand all these. You have to make sure that you really understand thoroughly in order that you can understand yourself. Not just look at the, look at the PowerPoint and, oh, that's about it, and then you write down all these uh, uh, concurrent mental functions, and after you've gone home, you put it aside and you forget about it. That's not the way to learn. The Buddha said you really have to repeat it again and again. In the Tang Dynasty, uh, Venerable Master, the, the, uh, the master of precepts of Vinaya, he listened to his teacher teaching him the book of precepts. How many times he listened? 21 times. The teacher took the patience to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And he took the patience to listen and listen and listen. And all together 21 times. Each time is about maybe one or two months. 21 times. 
so that it gets all in his mind that when he's meditating, you know, oh, here comes jealousy, here comes hatred, here comes expressed hatred, here comes depression, here comes sense of indulgence. You really have to know it well. There's a saying in the Chinese, war, warfare tactics. In order to win the war, you have to understand thoroughly, not only of your enemies, you have to understand yourself, both. You don't understand how your mind works, and you don't understand how the externalities get you attached to them, how can you meditate? Not just crossing your leg, in what position, you know, <laughs> those are the various preliminaries. There are eight consciousnesses, you know about that. The I consciousness. Now how, how is the consciousness, how does consciousness arise? Consciousness arise if your sensory organs interact with external objects. Very simple, right? Your sensory organs ex interact with external objects. What are these external objects, you tell me? What are these external objects? Oh, why don't have we? Tell me. You know the external objects? What are these? Huh? Exactly, good. External objects include many, many, many things. It could be people. It could be situations. It could be reality, the raw reality as you see them. This is a camera, light, floor, all these things. Objects. When your consciousness arises, your consciousness attached to objects. Now, put away consciousness for a time. What are these objects? And we said objects include people, places, situations, and all these things. But the Buddhist teaching said, why don't we categorize them? Okay, the first kind of objects, like what you said, people, situations, places, and all that, those are objects as they are, as the raw reality, right? This is a lantern, this is a mouse. These are objects as they are. These are true objects as they are. This is flowers, everything. There's, there's, there's some dust, clouds, sun, everything. That's reality as they are, objects, right? What's the second one? The second ones, are not reality objects as they appear. The second ones are objects that are created in your mind. When you close your eyes, your eyes can see reality. When your ears, you lost your, your listening, there's no reality sound to be heard. When you're not eating, your tongue is not tasting reality food, right? Well, another object is objects that are created by your own mind. Those sometimes people call them illusions. I'm closing my eyes now. Oh, I'm thinking of yesterday I met Mr. Chen and Mr. Chen looked very fragile, pale. The Mr. Chen's, Mr. Chen's images, you created them in your mind. So objects are also created by your own mind. They are not reality. They are not real objects. They are objects created by your own mind. Now those occupy a lot of categories in the objects. Mind creating objects, right? 
Do you know that your mind can create objects inside of you? Watch those, watch those, not just reality. Now, the second categories are objects that are created by your own mind. In the Chinese language, du ying jing, du ying jing, right? The first one, singing, singing, du ying jing. What is the third kind of objects? Third kind of objects. The third kind of objects is a combination of the first two. The third kind of objects carry it with itself the substance of reality, and at the same time carry the substance of illusions. Those two are combined. Remember, we gave the examples of mirages in the desert and a highway. A combination of heat and moisture and reflections produces something like you can see see water in front of you when you're driving. Actually, there's no water. It looks like a reality. It looks like oh, there's water in there, but that's a combination of because of the heat, because of certain moisture, and because of your locations and all that. It's a combination of illusions and reality. Say, if if there was a person. If it was a person walking by, and he was holding maybe a bamboo on his shoulder, and he was walking by, you couldn't see him, and you thought, oh, and that corner there's a cow. The bamboo looks like a horn, and then that person is a living being. He was carrying something. Now that's reality. There's someone with some little bit of reality. He carry a bamboo, and he's a man, and then. Mixed with your illusion, you thought that's a cow. The shadow, the cow has horns. So those are the three kinds of categories of objects that includes almost all the objects. You understand? So the Buddha's teaching is in detail. You really have to know it quite well. So those are the objects. When your sensory organs perceive. External objects. What arises are the, are the consciousnesses. There's consciousnesses, eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, taste consciousness, touch consciousness, the mental consciousness. The six, the seven is manas consciousness, which is the self-centered, egoistic consciousness. You always have that self-center, that self. You always think that you have a self. That's a consciousness is already inherent in that last alaya consciousness in you, alaya consciousness. So you have this eight consciousness arising at the same time when your sensory organs interact with external objects, and consciousness attached to external objects. But at the same time, consciousness depend on sensual organs for its arising, for their arising. So, in other words, it's in a triangle. They all are independent. It's a network. Nothing in this world is not a network. Everything is a network. What you do, everything what you do affects your family. Everything of what every person do affects the whole society. Everything of what a country do affects every country internationally. So it's a network. 
not until we have um, more advanced and understanding of networking do we know the Buddhist teaching is a network. It's, it's a whole conglomeration of the world's network. And we call it causality. It's a causality of network. So what to do, what to think is very important. Every thought in your mind is a network of what you're going to do in the future. It's always linked to a network of what happened in the past. Every thought is important. So now you know that all those are consciousnesses, the eight consciousnesses. And then we say, okay, consciousness arise when, when sensory organs attach to you, habitually attached to externalities, then is that all? No, concurrently, 51 mental functions happened. In other words, assuming these consciousnesses are the kings, the kings that minister. There are many ministers helping the king to perform, to speak, to listen, to yell, to get angry, to kill, to lie, to do all these things. So those are the 51, 51 ministers. And all these 51 ministers who help the king consciousness to perform, to, to speak, some of them are good ministers, some of them are bad ministers. And we have 11 good ministers in that parliament, in that, in that kingdom, and we have 26 bad, unvirtuous ministers helping the king to perform. 26 are unwholesome, and 11 are wholesome ministers. And there are also ministers who don't make any difference. They just execute things. There are five omnipresent functions helping helping the king, helping the consciousness just to perform, they don't make judgment. Remember the five omnipresent functions? Attention, contact, sensation, perception, and volition. They just carry out. They don't say this is bad and this is good. They don't do that. They don't do that. They, at, the ten, at the same time, carrying out the, the king's functions. And why do we have to know all these things? These are the intricacies of our mind. These are the intricacies. And you really have to know them. And talking about these omnipresent functions, these ministers help to carry out. But sometimes ministers, they don't make decisions, but sometimes they could be lazy. They may not be doing their job wholeheartedly. For example, the minister of attention he may be sleeping on the job. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention, the consciousness does not arise. Contact. The minister of contact is not doing his job. There's no contact. Your eyes do not contact the object. How can your eyes have consciousness? So all these ministers really got to work in order to carry out what your mind is doing. Okay, those are five omnipresent Omni means all, universal, presence. That means they have to be present in order to carry out what your consciousness think, what your consciousness speak. And the next category is object contingent functions. These ministers are ex officio ministers. You got to appoint them. They don't, they're not waiting for you all the time. They're not like omnipresent present ministers. 
In other words, you have to appoint, um, you see, you have a special committees, that kind of thing. Huh? Delegation, yeah, but delegation is not the, what I'm thinking about. Anyway, that's not matter. Object contingent functions. The, the minister of desire. So there's something in the interaction that you want to desire to do. Oh, I saw someone uh, one on an on a, on a afternoon, a, a, a Sunday morning, I peeped into the meditation hall, and I, I saw someone doing meditation in there. And I feel that uh, that's good. You know, I always want to dream of doing meditation. I peeped through and this guy, the, all these people are really meditating and they look very peaceful. I desire to learn that. The minister of desire comes up in you. I desire to learn that good thing because I want to be calm. I want to be better in my life. I, I heard that meditation can better my life and I want I, I have a strong desire that next week I'm going to come that's a good desire that's a good desire contingent object contingent functions all these ministers could be good could be bad good desire on the other hand you're peeping into a nightclub oh gee they're drinking oh they have this nice attractive people all around I'm going to get into there next Saturday it's nice I can drink I can have fun, sensual indulgence fun. You desire to go in next week. You also create a desire, the minister of desire. So all these official uh, desires, different, good or bad, we don't know. So you have desire, you have resolve. Resolve, that means you determined, the minister of determination. Mindfulness, you always remember next Saturday you're going to do that. The Minister of Concentration, when you are doing that, you really concentrate into it. You really enjoy yourself when you're in the pub. You really enjoy yourself when you're in meditation. Depends on where you go. And then that's also the Minister of Intelligence. So there are five intelligence, the Minister of Intelligence, that means you, you went in the meditation hall, you meditated, you listened to all these lectures, and when you went home, you research more into it, you practice it, you carry out the practice. You, 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 you want to enhance and get your intelligence into it. So these are the five object contingent functions. So I just mentioned omnipresent functions, the five, and the five object contingent functions. You see, even doing a review required an hour, <laughs> if I have to go through it. But it's good for you to review it. You have to know it all the time so that you know it is like the, the palm of your hand about how your mind works, how your mind divert into it, attract it, it shouldn't be diverting. How are these mental afflictions come up? You gotta know your parliament, the parliament of your mind. You gotta know your opposition party. You gotta know your government, your, your, your power in government. You gotta know all those portfolios in the, in, in the parliament. In, in the British Parliament, you've got to know your backbenchers, you've got to know your, I don't know, there's so many political... A, a parliament is just, it's just your mind. Every mind is a parliament. <laughs>